This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Ryan Bruss. Thank you, Sid. Today on Messianic Vision, our guest is Dr. Francis Sizer, and you're going to have a blast listening to his life story. Uh, It's very unique, very special, but the thing that is going to be the thread throughout this whole interview is that the Holy Spirit is your friend. You can be a friend of the Holy Spirit. He's your counselor, your advocate. He's your teacher. He helps you walk in truth. He gives us the gifts. It goes on and on. And this man, Dr. Francis Sizer, knows about the Holy Spirit very well. And uh, Dr. Francis, I've never said it this way before, but you were once called to be a priest. Yes, I was, uh, Ryan. It's nice to be on the show with you. Uh, and uh, for the many listeners that are tuned in, we, we ask blessings upon them uh, today through the Holy Spirit. And uh, being a priest was quite a trip. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know there of no other um, Catholic priest uh, who was baptized in the Holy Spirit back in uh, the charismatic renewal days in the 70s, and uh, uh, who went on and got saved and uh, filled with the Holy Spirit and did healing ministry and then was called out of the Catholic Church, as I was. Now, your stories are absolutely incredible. And let me just start at the very beginning. You had a... um, uh, uh, a housemaid that basically pointed at you and said to your mom, uh, this one is to be a priest. And then you submitted to that. And in 1966, this is incredible, Dr. Sizer, you you uh, became a church pastor of 2,300 families. You were over a school. Tell, what was that like? Well, I was, I was about 25 years old at the time. Wow. Um, it was 1974. Uh, when I was ordained and stationed at a a large suburban parish in the Philadelphia area, just outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and um, 2,300 families is is quite a lot of a lot of families uh, because it translates into almost 10,000 folks. Oh yeah. Um, we had a lot to do. We had a uh, school of uh, 1,250 children. We had 26 teachers. Uh, I was not the senior pastor. I was the associate pastor. So um, the the senior pastorships in the Catholic Church are are given out uh, very sparingly after many years of service, about 25 so uh, years of service. So I, w- I was starting out, but I had quite a few responsibilities at that time uh, that kept me uh, busy. And uh, I like to be busy at the time. You know, you have so much energy as a young man. Um, but um, the the work, uh, although it was good, was exhausting. And with all that you were doing with uh, elderly, the nursing homes, hospital visitation, you were you were in the ministry. But and people loved you. You loved people. But in all that, in all the responsibility, and all that was happening in our, your life. 
um, you weren't satisfied. Now, during that time there, were you actually born again? Uh, no, that hadn't happened yet. Uh, I remember a a woman who I thought she liked me came up to me one Sunday morning after Mass, and she said uh, she introduced her name as Kay. I, I won't give her last name. Uh, she's gone on to be with the Lord now. But uh, Kay asked me, uh, said, are you charismatic? And I said, well, um, and then she went on and followed up the question of charismatic uh, with, are you saved? And I didn't know what that meant. Uh, I didn't understand it. I said, I'm baptized. I'm confirmed in the sacrament of confirmation. Uh, I'm even an ordained priest. And uh, she said, but it doesn't sound to me like you're saved. Uh, even though you might have a charismatic attitude, do you really know the Holy Spirit as a personal uh, individual, as a God? And I said, I don't think I do, Kay. But, um, and I was a little bit uh, peeved at what she was telling <laughs> me, because uh, I was supposed to be her pastor. And uh, yet I knew there was a kernel of truth in what she was expressing to me, that there was some other dimension that I was lacking, even though I was a good guy, even though I, I loved God, did I really know that he loved me? Had I had an encounter with the Lord that would set me apart in a way where I would know undeniably that he was real? Wow. And the answer was no. The other thing uh, that I that I found out at that time, because I was kind of a, a perfectionist, and had pushed myself very hard through schools and uh, to to achieve, that a lot of my identity, Ryan, was based on how I felt about my performance. And um, it reached a point where, whereby every Sunday morning when I was giving sermons, uh, even though they were good, the one this Sunday had to be topped by the one next Sunday. Wow. To get the approval of people. That's pressure. And it became a great deal of pressure. It was one thing to be first throughout throughout school, to come out first in your class. I mean, you, you, you don't even compete against other students at some point. You start competing against yourself. To, how can I top this? And uh, I remember in eighth grade, I was a substitute uh, teacher. For, our, for a class, which looking back now is kind of abusive uh, in a way, <laughs> but uh, filling in for, for the teacher and not, not having to take tests and, and uh, exams was kind of a good thing in my mind. But looking back, it put me in a bad position with the rest of my classmates. And um, so performance was, was uh, something I needed to confess. And performance and achievement and perfectionism was was kind of my sticking point with the Lord that was keeping me blocked from from knowing the freedom that God really wanted to put in my life through the Holy Spirit. And then something happened one night. You you were uh, hungry for this change, like you're talking about. You were worn out and tired from the performance. And and one night uh, in your prayer room, uh, you wept for more of God. What happened? Well, I just I just ran out of gas, plain and simple. Um, I was exhausted. 
I couldn't keep up with the pace. Uh, I felt it was all by my might, by my strength, and not by his power. And so I needed a change. I needed, I needed to let go of my own sin, my own flesh, and lay it all down. And that's what I did that night as I wept and I, I was in prayer for hours. And I, I really experienced uh, God in my room in a way that, that was real. Um, I didn't hear him say anything to me that night. Uh, but I knew that things were about to change. And it was just two weeks later after I let go, and I feel that was the night of my salvation. It was just two weeks later that a group of individuals started to meet in the rectory, in the place where the priests live, in my house. And this group of 25 were called Charismatics. And uh they were in something called the Charismatic Renewal, and I wanted to find out what they were all about. So let me ask you this, if you don't mind, Dr. Sizer. So up until that point, you were taught in seminary that uh, the healing, the gifts, all that was uh, done with in the Book of Acts with the Apostles. So you, you were indoctrinated to not really go after or believe this type of uh, thing. But something about these charismatic Catholics uh, made you uh, desire what they had? Well, at, at the point of uh, after they invited me to one of their meetings, it, it just uh, completely changed my thinking about them because I thought they were a little bit nutty <laughs> and uh, a little flaky at first. I mean, these were people that were talking directly to God and, and sharing what they heard from God, and, and I thought it was a little bit out of the box, uh, if you will. But, um, yeah, in seminary, we, we weren't taught very much about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I think they were looked upon as a, uh, at the time in the place of the Book of Acts to kind of give the Church a kickstart and get it going. But after a time with the death of the last apostle, they things kind of like... Uh, uh, melted away, and there wasn't that much need for him anymore. People became, uh, even in the early church, more more uh, sedentary and and uh, rational. And things churches were built, and you know people became more ritualized and and uh, routine set in. And so the the action of the Holy Spirit was something that was foreign to me, except in the Catholic Church they. They do believe in occasional miracles. Uh, most of the Protestant churches that I was aware of that were evangelical didn't even believe in occasional miracles. But uh, I always believed that the Holy Spirit never left the earth. And even though the apostles died, he didn't die. And so why is it that we couldn't have the same kind of of signs and wonders that occurred back in the Book of Acts, and it was it was just a a real passion for me to to want to reach out for that, but I didn't know how quite to get there. I didn't know how you arrived at that place because I didn't see it happening anywhere else. So, as a Catholic priest, here you are at this charismatic meeting, a small little group. 
what was going on in your heart and your mind as you were, you said they were a little nutty, maybe a little flaky, and, but, but what was happening on the inside of you? Inside of me, things were jumping. Um, I was anticipating uh, with, with a lot of anxiety and the heavy beating of my heart, this 10-minute talk that I was going to present to these people. And I've always had a um, curiosity and interest in science. So I just they, they told me just let the Holy Spirit lead you as to what topic I might talk about. And I had no idea what, I, what that meant, let the Holy Spirit lead me. Uh, that was kind of a new phraseology. So they asked you to share uh, right off the bat. They did. Okay. So they had no idea what I was going to talk about. And because I love science, I thought, well, I'll talk on creation. And um, so I went down there armed with my my concordance and my Bible and my notes, and I I spent more time on this little 10-minute teaching than I can remember spending on any of those Sunday sermons previously. And the the leader of the group, uh, we were all in a circle, and uh, he said, let's let's uh let's start with a song and he said um i feel good tonight let's sing about the birds of the sky and the fishes of the sea let's sing about creation and i said "Ooh, that's interesting because that was what i was going to talk on and then someone read from the book of genesis on creation and then another person moved into psalm 104 the creation psalm and you could see a theme developing here. And then someone read from First Colossians chapter 1, which was the text I was using for the night. And all of this was just overwhelming me. And I stood up with my hands thrown up and I said, he's here. He's here. The Holy Spirit is here. He really is real. And they must have thought I was a little bit off. But that's, that was my reaction, that that the Holy Spirit set that whole night up to get me, <laughs> my attention, to draw me to him, and to show me that, that there is a way to communicate and to hear the Holy Spirit. And so I wanted more of what they had. So several weeks into it, you're, you're still going, and people are laying hands on one another, and People are getting uh, uh, free of their sin and baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, and uh, uh, it's at this point where you be- became baptized in the Holy Spirit. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit November 5th, 1975 at 7, 7.30 in the evening. Wow. What happened? And it was the greatest day of my life. And uh, three people laid hands over me. They prayed a simple prayer. They asked. Jesus to baptize me in the Holy Spirit, and then they began to pray in tongues. And when they began to pray in tongues, my body began to shake, and uh, my body started to vibrate uh, into, the only way I can explain it is they were like convulsions, just pulsations of power and energy going through my body stronger and stronger and with that eventually came not just just the sensation of of power because that scared me 
eventually it turned into something more than that. It was filled with love. And I don't know how to people can understand this unless they go through it. Uh, but the shaking shook me off the pew, <laughs> shook me onto the floor. The people that were praying with me got said, we better leave them alone. And uh, they they knew God was doing something, but they didn't had never seen anything like this before either. But the love that came with each sensation and each pulsation of energy through my body um, uh, reassured me that it, that it had to be God. But I shouted out, stop it, stop it. But it wouldn't stop. It kept coming and coming. And the power of God just intensified for probably an hour. And um, I was, I, I had no control. And you, you literally heard choirs of angels singing in unison and your, your gaze was on the glory of God. I mean, there was a lot going on. Yeah, well, the second hour, Ryan... And this, this this went on for three hours. So the second hour was all about weeping. And I said to myself, uh, uh, I knew that that God loved me, but not like this. Wow. And with that, with that love came uh, the tears and the weeping. And it was like a tremendous cleansing that went on inside of me. And I was weeping in this huge church, you know, that holds a couple thousand people. And I didn't really care, uh, you know, that other people were watching their priest uh, go through this experience. It wasn't embarrassing for me uh, because of the the intimacy with God that I was experiencing just far surpassed anything that was going out externally around me in the church really wasn't that aware of, of those things. And so the cleansing um, just went on and on and just washed me through and through. And and I was still shaking at this time uh, on the floor. So I, had, I hadn't got up from the floor. That's the second hour. But the third hour, I was able to arise, and I went off by myself to the back of the church, and I just sat down. And what happened to me was that the Holy Spirit took me up into the third, what Paul calls the third heaven. And that's when I heard this this music, and I heard these choirs of angels, and I was in a in a whole completely different dimension, of of uh, filled with peace, filled with the tranquility of God uh, that I've never experienced before. And then. After this, things really started to break out for you in an incredible way, which I want to talk about in the next segment. But first, tell us about your new book, Power Encounters. Well, uh, the reason I wrote Power Encounters was because, um, well, number one, the Holy Spirit told me to. The book is dedicated to the Holy Spirit, who I acknowledge as my, my best friend, uh, he's my own counselor and my advocate, and he guides me in all my decisions in life and teaches me to walk in truth. And he freely gives me the gifts and blesses me with supernatural encounters every day. And so when I realized that my life was so unique and so special, and I give God all that glory because it has nothing to do with 
with me other than yielding and submission to his way and to his will, uh, I came up with uh, the account of Power Encounters. Um, it, it is, I hope the book will inspire other people to seek and to go after hard the things of God and the, will, the way of God and the supernatural path of God. And that's what the book is all about. It's an easy read. It's a fun read. It's full of stories and miracles and signs and wonders. And uh, so everything's in there, the good, the bad, the ugly, the wonderful, the sublime, uh, the glorious. And I, I pray that uh, people get a hold of it and, and uh, uh, kind of run to the Lord and run to the Holy Spirit. He's not a ghost. He's a real person. He is God. And he is with us always. And that's why I'm so excited about your uh, CD set, because of your relationship with the Holy Spirit, it's woven through these three CDs and called Holy Spirit Encounters. What What's going to happen to the people uh, in their in their heart, in their spirit, as they listen to these CDs? There, there's no doubt that anyone who, who reads these will be anointed. The impartation of the anointing is transferable. It'll come upon each person that opens themselves up to the Lord, and no doubt, There'll be a greater intimacy and closeness and supernatural encounters with him as a result. And Dr. Sizer, when we come back, if you could share all these things that begin to happen to you after you were baptized in the Holy Spirit, it is incredible. It's a lot of fun. We'll be right back. Call now and get Dr. Francis Sizer's brand new book, Power Encounters, and his anointed three-part audio CD teaching series, Holy Spirit Encounters. This is an exclusive offer for our rich supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9587. Power Encounters will help you to begin to unlock the supernatural through experiences with the Holy Spirit. You will understand how miracles, signs, and wonders can be a part of your everyday life. In these pages, Dr. Sizer offers teaching that will empower you to position yourself for new dimensions of Holy Spirit encounters. Draw near to God by functioning in your New Testament priestly identity. Stand victoriously against the spiritual attacks of the enemy. You will also receive Dr. Sizer's anointed three-part audio CD teaching series, Holy Spirit Encounters. This series includes the following teachings. CD number one, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You will understand the active role the Holy Spirit should play in your life. CD number two, Christian Healing. Dr. Sizer discusses healing from curses, the biblical roots of sickness, and the mind-body connection. CD number three, Deliverance Ministry. Dr. Sizer reveals how spiritual warfare operates, as well as giving you the battle strategies for victory. Dr. Sizer prays for you to receive greater discernment of God's presence in your life, to receive the anointing and power of healing, to bind demonic spirits and their power, to experience a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. The greatest outpouring of the Lord's power and might coming on the face of the entire planet Earth is about to take place. We've had reports already from those who have read the book and listened to the CDs of healings and miracles and signs and wonders even under the anointing of reading 
the book. Don't miss out on getting Dr. Francis Sizer's brand new book, Power Encounters, and his anointed three-part audio CD teaching series, Holy Spirit Encounters. This is an exclusive offer for our It's Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9587. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9587 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. We're back with Dr. Sizer. Put on your seatbelt. It's going to be so exciting. All these stories and testimonies that he has. It's, it's incredible. So, Dr. Sizer, after you were baptized in the Holy Spirit, you had this incredible encounter. I know Sid is so excited about this because this is all, your whole life is about power encounters, and Sid loves that. He loves the supernatural. And, and th- this is so unique to me. It's, it's maybe not funny, but it's really unique. Okay, so you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Things really started to change in your life. And then all of a sudden, uh, people were coming to you uh, uh, in, in a confessional line, but you knew what was going on before they confessed. Yes. Uh, uh, on that, the night when, when I was taken up into heaven, um, he gave me an awareness, and he gave me a knowing about things that I couldn't possibly know anymore. And I would walk down a, on a, a mall, and I would look at different people, and I would know their sins. I would know things about their past. I would know how many children a mother would have. I would, I would know uh, physical conditions in their bodies. So when it came to confession, which was a Catholic practice where people would come to the priest and and uh, and confess their sins, and he would give them absolution uh, of sin, I. I um I knew before they came in or as they came in through the Lord through the Holy Spirit what they were going to say what they what they needed needed a cleansing of and so my my confessional lines became long <laughs> I mean uh, uh people would just line up and the, the guy on the other side of the church he, he didn't have anybody going to him at the time oh, so so he was getting off pretty easy but I was there probably six hours on a Saturday afternoon and evening, um, just hearing confession. Even the school kids would come in. Well, when the school kids came in, and we started a practice where instead of going behind a screen, uh, they would just sit in a chair opposite the priest, and I would extend my hand. And every time I extended my hand, uh, the child would fall out under the power. And so I would pick the child up and and put him or her on the, on the side. And uh, I had six kids uh, that this happened to, and I ran out of room in the confessional room because they were all slain in the spirit. The mother superior is wondering why her kids weren't coming out. <laughs> and uh, I had to stop that practice because the anointing was so intense and so strong. Uh, after uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, my hands, Ryan, were on fire for years and years and years, and they were red hot. Uh, The heat was intensified from the inside out, not the outside in, and they would burn. And so uh, I remember going to uh, uh, one of the hospitals, the local hospitals, and before this occurrence, going to hospitals was kind of a... um, 
kind of a routine thing, and there was nothing special happening um, at the hospital. Even when I prayed, you know, people would die. But now, wow. with this heat in my hand, the first miracle occurred, and I'd like to tell you about Yes. That. Well, there was a, a woman who was uh, uh, stage 4 cancer. She, in those days, they would leave you in the hospital to die. The insurance companies wouldn't uh, make you leave uh, sooner than later. Um, and so she was dying in the hospital, and everyone knew that this woman was on her way out. She was down to about 85 pounds. And I went in, and I took my red-hot hand, and I knew that God would heal her. It wasn't just a test. I just knew that there would be a miracle. And so I took her by the hand after introducing myself to her. Her name was Anne. And the power of God went out of my right hand into her body immediately. And her eyes became like saucers. They became huge. And she could feel this energy and this power go through her, through and through. Then I commanded the cancer to go in the name of Jesus, because cancer is a spirit. I had her get up out of bed, and I took her by the hand, and we walked down the corridor together. And every step that she took, she got stronger and stronger and stronger till she was upright and and strong. One of the nurses at the station saw this happen, and she chased the woman back to bed saying, what are you doing out of bed? And so I looked at the woman trying to reassure her and said, it's okay. And we went back to the room. The nurse said, what's going on? And I said, she's healed. Jesus just healed her. She said, well, I'll have to have the doctor come and check her. <laughs> so uh, she was just doing her job. Yeah. And the doctor came. Um, I had gone at that point. Uh, they did some more testing on her. The woman started to eat. She became stronger and stronger. And in two days, she was sent home, released with no traces of cancer. Wow. That woman testified at my first healing service back in 1976. Awesome proof that God still heals today. Absolutely. Same yesterday, today, and forever. And the God who healed 2,000 years ago is the God who heals today, is the God who will heal tomorrow. Dr. Sizer, let me ask you, since you brought that up, uh, let's, let's say there's somebody listening. Maybe they're in a hospital room right now or at home and not, not doing well physically, emotionally maybe, and uh, they, they're, they're, their heart is, uh, you know, after God. They want to be healed, but they just, they just can't seem to get that healing in their lives. What would you say to them? Well, just like this woman, Ann, she knew nothing about healing, um, but she knew the power of God, and she knew the gift of God's love. And there are those that are, are in need today, even in the radio audience, who have pain or who have, might even have stage 4 cancer, don't feel it's their time, don't feel that they, they want to go on uh, to heaven at this moment. And so healing is yours for the taking. And so I would say to them, reach out to touch the Lord. Reach out and let the power of God be received inside of you that will transform you right now 
in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, Dr. Francis, uh, things really started to take off for you, and and the Lord told you to start healing uh, services. And how many people were there that first night? Well, we didn't advertise. This is a long time ago, 1976. Uh, we just, through word of mouth, it spread uh, that that the Lord told me it was it was wasn't enough to just heal people here and there at a hospital or in the office uh, rectory where where there there were some really cool things happening. Uh, people one one lady came in blind. Uh, the whole staff of uh, of uh, we had about eight to ten people uh, in our um, staff room. Uh, working that morning, and they saw the lady come in blind. She was helped in uh, by several individuals. They saw the door uh, close to the office, and they saw her about 20 minutes later come out of the office seeing. Wow. And uh, it had a tremendous effect on my whole staff <laughs> uh, there there at the church. Uh, but it, it still wasn't enough. God wanted it spread out. He wanted... He wanted this this healing gift carried out, and his banner raised high. And so I didn't know what a healing service was, but I was I was uh, obedient to to trust God that He knew more about it than I did. And so we the first night we held it, we had a thousand people attend. Uh, and came the lady I just told you about with the cancer, and, and she shared, and it just encouraged many many people that if if it can happen to her, it can happen to me, too. And so um, the second month we, we held it, 2,000 people showed up. And then for eight years, uh, 2,500 people would come, and they'd come in buses. They'd come in vans. They'd get there two hours early just to get a seat in the church. Uh, the church was overflowing each time. It was a great time to see of the Lord. And it reminded me of the book of Acts, Ryan, where um, 5,000 came to the Lord, 1,500 came to the Lord, 6,000 came to the Lord, and the church grew. And uh, when, when it says the church grew, it's, it's, the healings are wonderful and they're powerful, but even more importantly is that, that families and lives were changed. People started talking about the, the great things that God has done for them. It is, that sounds like revival. <laughs> it was a revival. <laughs> now, you, you, Dr. Francis, uh, in my notes it says that you learn to wait on God and depend on the Holy Spirit for all their needs. I love that. What, what, what did the Lord show you about that? Well, waiting, waiting on the Lord is, is, a, is a timing, timing gift. Um, I remember one time we... We were to hold a service in the church, and um, we were all the people were already there. It was in the summer. It was in August. Uh, our church was not air conditioned. It had a few windows that were jalousied windows, which, which would open sideways, but you weren't getting any air through them. Uh, people were already fanning themselves, you know, with uh, their missilettes and their their uh, paper products, you know, trying to keep cool. In, in their pews, and I was just very, very upset, and uh, I was going to send them home. And then I heard the Lord say to me, why don't you wait upon me and ask me what to do? 
I said, well, that's a novel idea. I think I will. So I left my team uh, before I was about to, to postpone and call off the meeting uh, with, with 2,500 people present. And I went off by myself to wait upon the Lord, to listen to him. And he said, I said, how could you get me into such a predicament, Lord? All these people are here for you. And it's too hot to hold the service. It had to be 90 to 100 degrees in that church wow. that evening, yeah. with the sun pounding down on it all day in the summer. And you pack all those people into this hothouse, and they want a healing service, and I can't in conscience keep them. Nurses are coming to me saying people are fainting already. And so I prayed, and the Lord said, why don't you do something about it? I was asking him, why don't you do something? And he was saying to me, why don't you do something, Francis? So I said, like what? Why don't you pray for a miracle? So I went out there in front of a couple thousand people, and I said, I'm going to pray for a miracle right now, that the Lord would air condition this church and cool it down to a very comfortable temperature and I asked the people, are you with me? And they were. And so I prayed a simple prayer, prayed in tongues. And as I lifted my head up, I saw the chandeliers immediately began to sway back and forth, back and forth. And as we all prayed in tongues, several thousand people, the church was filled with a coolness and a breeze. I don't know how it happened. <laughs> That's incredible. Outside was a hot summer night still, but in that church, it was cooled down to a comfortable 68, 70 degrees all night. And as those uh, lights started to sway back and forth, the people just broke into a thunderous applause all over the church, giving praise and glory to God. God says to us, I've given you the ability to do something. Step out over your head like you're stepping out in the water, and instead of sinking, walk on the water. Go where you haven't been before. Do something that stretches you in expectation of the supernatural. We're always uncomfortable with that, of course, but nothing's going to happen unless we go out over our heads and are willing to make a fool of ourselves, so that God can be God. That is so incredible. Uh, Dr. Francis, when we come back from the break, uh, I would love for you to teach a little bit uh, on the revelation of the curtain being torn and also share the testimony of how you saw a miracle by praying over a Jewish man in Hebrew. We'll be right back. Dr. Francis Sizer, a Catholic priest, led on a regular basis the largest Catholic charismatic healing meetings in the nation. He knew what was wrong with people, and then they had major miracles, incurable cancers, tumors literally falling off, blind eyes from birth healed, and creative miracles. He is now sharing what God has revealed to him and helping others to begin to have Holy Spirit encounters for themselves. Call now and get Dr. Francis Sizer's brand new book, Power Encounters, and and his anointed three-part audio CD teaching series, Holy Spirit Encounters. This is an exclusive offer for our rich supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of 
$35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9587. Power Encounters will help you to begin to unlock the supernatural through experiences with the Holy Spirit. You will understand how miracles, signs, and wonders can be a part of your everyday life. In these pages, Dr. Sizer offers teaching that will empower you to position yourself for new dimensions of Holy Spirit encounters. Draw near to God by functioning in your New Testament priestly identity. Stand victoriously against the spiritual attacks of the enemy. Partner with God in His plan for the end-time Holy Spirit outpouring. You will also receive Dr. Sizer's anointed three-part audio CD teaching series, Holy Spirit Encounters. This series includes the following teachings. CD number one, The Baptism of the Holy Spirit. You will understand the active role the Holy Spirit should play in your life. CD number two, Christian Healing. Dr. Sizer discusses healing from curses, the biblical roots of sickness, and the mind-body connection. CD number three, Deliverance Ministry. Dr. Sizer reveals how spiritual warfare operates as well as giving you the battle strategies for victory. Throughout the series, Dr. Sizer prays for you to receive greater discernment of God's presence in your life, to receive the anointing and power of healing, to bind demonic spirits and their power, to experience a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. The greatest outpouring of the Lord's power and might coming on the face of the entire planet Earth is about to take place. We've had reports already from those who have read the book and listened to the CDs of healings and miracles and signs and wonders even under the anointing of reading the book. Don't miss out on getting Dr. Francis Sizer's brand new book, Power Encounters, and his anointed three-part audio CD teaching series, Holy Spirit Encounters. This is an exclusive offer for our It's Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9587. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9587. Or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. We're back with Dr. Sizer, and uh, I don't know about you, but you can really feel the presence of the Holy Spirit um, in, in this in this interview. It just uh, it permeates from Dr. Sizer, and we certainly appreciate that. And, and Dr. Sizer, you have uh, a lot of great teaching on on healing, deliverance. Uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit because of the wonderful encounter that you received. And uh, before we talk about the revelation of the curtain being torn, how does somebody begin to have their own God encounter? Maybe, you know, uh, it's not always in a church. It's not always in a prayer meeting. How can I have my own God encounter uh, at home? Um, to me, it's the God encounter that makes it all real. And unless we have that God encounter, we're, we're really living in our heads with a theology, with a supposed relationship rather than a real relationship. And so I would encourage people to hunger and thirst for the real thing, for that, for that intimate closeness. Um, I know we, we see God in nature and creation and the beauty of a newborn child and the beauty of a, a blooming flower and the beauty of a, a bird that's singing. But to know the person of the Lord in an in a intimate way, just like somebody would know his wife, his husband, her husband, 
a girlfriend, a, a boyfriend, is to know it's the it's the way we need to know the Lord as best friend, and the Holy Spirit is there to meet us if we invite Him in, and just as we invite Jesus into our heart to be saved and to be forgiven our sins, we need to invite the Holy Spirit into our into our spirit, and that the two would be one, and that that relationship would grow day by day. It's a beautiful thing to watch. It is a beautiful thing to watch. Uh, um, and uh, I'm hungry for another God encounter, so you're, you're making me hungry just listening to you. Um, tell, tell us about the revelation of the curtain being torn. Well, this, this was a, a huge thing for me, being a Catholic priest. I was uh, speaking at the time, a keynote speaker at the Full Gospel Businessmen's National Convention at the Shoreham Hotel in Washington, D.C., and uh, the leader at the time was a man by the name of Dima Shikarian yes. from Costa Mesa, California. And he and I became very fast friends. Um, he would take me different places we would to, to speak, and he, he would say, hey, you got to hear this priest who was saved, who has the gift of healing. And um, so I went along with him for quite some time, and um, at the Shoreham Hotel, we were sitting around this uh, large table, about eight men. It was all men, no women, uh, back in those days, because it was a businessmen's association. And um, I think today it'd probably be quite different with uh, with a lot of women there, I would hope. But uh, back then it was all men, and Demish and the others were asking me why I was a Catholic priest. And um, I was trying to explain the nature of the priesthood when I got a tap on my shoulder from a, an elderly woman, well-dressed woman, and she says, pardon me, but I've been eavesdropping. The answer you're looking for is in the curtain. She said, read Hebrews chapter 10, 19 to 22. And there's no way that this person could have been eavesdropping. The tables at the Shoreham Hotel, uh, an old stately hotel in Washington, D.C., are spread out far and wide. There, there were only a few tables in the whole dining room. I believe this woman was an angel, and that the angel was sent to give me that revelation about the curtain. I went up to my room and looked up the passage, Hebrews 10, 19, and it said, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, that is his body, let us draw near. And as I read that, Ryan, my understanding opened up supernaturally, and I realized that it was the sacrifice of Jesus that broke open for me, not only the Old Testament curtain, but for all of us, any, any of us who are separated from God the Father could now come to him boldly once and for all through his sacrifice of the cross. The Catholic priesthood is basically based on a sacramental system whereby Mass is said and the sacrifice of Jesus is offered again and again on the altar. And I realized now that that was over. Jesus came not to establish an old cultic priesthood like in the Old Testament, 
but a priesthood of believers without title, without honor, but all of us on the same level coming boldly before him into the throne room to have our prayers, to have our lives close to his and in sync with him. That's the revelation of the curtain. Amen. That That's good teaching. Let me ask you this, uh, Dr. Sizer. Uh, in 1982, uh, you were, uh, you know, just really going full force in all, all the ministry that God had called you to, but you got disheartened, and things got very difficult in your life. What happened? Well, um, I had decided I couldn't say any more Masses. I couldn't hear any confessions because I didn't have the power to absolve sin. There was no more need for the intermediary. There was need for ministers. There was need for church leaders, but not in the way a priest operated. And so I knew I was out of a job. And so when I decided to leave, God opened up other doors. One of the doors was that he had invited me to TBN, Trinity Broadcasting Network in California. They were looking for a healing evangelist who had the real gift of healing, who saw signs and miracles and wonders. And another opportunity I had was with an evangelist by the name of R.W. Schambach, who traveled uh, throughout the world and did healing crusades. And Schambach was known to raise up a lot of young men, fathered a lot of young men in the healing ministry. But instead of following what God had planned for me, I was disillusioned by the attacks from the, my friends, from Roman Catholic Church, from my diocese. Uh, from the stories that were printed in their newspapers and things said from the pulpits on Sunday about my ministry. And I realize now that they just acted in fear because they thought that many, many Catholics would follow where I would go. And um, I just didn't feel that God was watching over me and protecting me from all of this. And so I left my heart and I went back into my head. And in doing so, I decided to go back to the university and study. It's always been a safe place for me. I was a member of Mensa when I was 17. Uh, so it's, it's, it's an easy thing for me to escape to the intellect. But in doing so, I left my best friend. And I walked away. And I didn't attend church. I didn't pray. I hardly ever preached. And when I did, it was just uh, a rote kind of thing. And so things began to deteriorate in terms of my relationship with the Lord. And you say, how can somebody do that who's seen firsthand the miracle working power of God? All I can say is I'm human. I'm not proud of what I did, but I did it. What began to change in your heart after that? I had nowhere else to go, and I realized that uh, being Dr. Sigmund Freud <laughs> uh, as a psychologist was was not my call. Uh, I was still called 
to be a minister. I was called to be a healer. And I needed to get back to where I was, like the prodigal son. That's what I needed to do. Get on my knees, come back to my father and beg him that he would let me return. And that's what I did. Then there was a moment where you were uh, experiencing the love of God at the Toronto Revival. What happened there? Well, uh, the Toronto Blessing uh, was in 1994, and uh, we were really getting hungry again, uh, wanted to seek the Lord. I was back at church at this point, um, and I was in prayer again. And when I went up to the Toronto uh, Blessing, in 1994, I had another powerful encounter with the Lord, and I experienced personal deliverance. I experienced a personal infilling. It's like the Lord opened up the well again, and out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And that's what happened again. God revived me. There was renewal, and from there I started traveling all over the country preaching and healing in Jesus' name. And you, you've you had so many miracles uh, in your life in, in that you've seen. I mean, it, the list is incredible. It's, uh, you know, leukemia, multiple sclerosis, uh, heart disease, ulcers. And you, you've, you've seen the miracle-working power of God, and and uh, you, you know that Jesus is a healer. You know that the Holy Spirit is here to to lead us in the truth of who Jesus is. And and um, uh, Dr. Sizer, I mean, the, the, the list goes on and on how many things that you've seen. There's just so much here. But tell me about that story where you prayed in Hebrew in the Spirit. Now, you don't know Hebrew, from what I understand. You prayed in, the he- in Hebrew in the Spirit over a Jewish man. Uh, that was a, a young couple uh, down in Baltimore, Merlin, when we were living down there as newlyweds, uh, my wife was uh, working at one of the local department stores, um, and she befriended another woman who invited us out to dinner to uh, have dinner with uh, at their home uh, with her husband. And so we went, and I'm pretty bold when it comes to praying, and this man was talking about, I uh, didn't know anything about him. I did not know uh, his background. All I knew is that he told me he was in pain from uh, from his back. And so being bold, I said, well, how about if we pray? And uh, I started to pray, and I heard this melody in my head as I began to pray for him. And the melody was like a child's uh, lullaby, a child's uh, song. And with the uh, melody came these words that that were different from my usual prayer tongue. And I started singing and praying over this man. Um, The man began to weep, and he began to sob. And I didn't know what was going on, why he was sobbing and why he was weeping. I wasn't praying for his back yet. I was just singing this beautiful lullaby over him. I found out sometime later through my wife that the prayer that I said was the bedtime child's Shema prayer, wow. which is Hebrew. And uh, the man that that was crying, his name was David, J 
Jewish name, said that his grandmom prayed that prayer every night over him when she tucked him into bed as a child, as a little boy. And it was a reminder, a strong reminder to David that the Lord loved him, and it brought him back to his Jewish roots that he had forgotten and that he had left some years ago. And with that, his back was healed, and we had a great celebration that night that the Lord is the Lord of all. Praise God. Now, with what that guy was going through, and even in your own story, um, you talk about how we're to deal with shame, and there's a lot of people listening that that battle shame, condemnation. What would you say to those people, how to, how to deal with shame? Well, let me define very, very simply the nature of shame. We all know what guilt is. Guilt is when we do something wrong, when we do something bad. But shame even goes to the heart or the essence or the core of who we are as a person. Shame says, I am bad. I am a bad person. And so if we're filled with shame, it's only the love of God that can lift us out of that pit where we have a sense of self-hatred and it transforms into a self-acceptance and a love for ourselves that is healthy before the Lord. And so what I would say to anyone who's battling shame whether it's because of abuse, and I deal with a lot of abuse um, in my, in my uh, private practice as a psychologist with uh, women in particular who have been abused. Um, currently, I'm dealing with a, um, um, a young, he's not a young man anymore, but he was abused um, uh, in the church by a priest. And so it can happen to men, it can happen to women, can happen to boys and girls where where we are filled with shame and we need to know that it is the Lord who loves us in a tangible way and experience that love from God that transforms our person into someone that we care about and someone that we take care of and someone that we nurture within ourselves dealing with shame um, is really uh, uh, many, many times the result of somebody else's sin imposed upon us. And when we realize it's not our fault, we're not to blame, we're not the cause, but Jesus comes to rescue, to restore, and to lift us up into a new life. All that shame is washed away, all that iniquity is washed away in a moment, in an instant, through the power of the cross. Dr. Sizer, I feel like there's people that are listening that are really embracing what you're saying. And if you wouldn't mind just praying over them, break uh, that spirit of shame, and then whatever else the Lord gives you. Father God, we turn to you right now. We thank you, Father, that you are listening, that you care about every listener that's tuned in, that everyone who's reaching out, I would have 
the audience just reach out to the Father to know that he's a God who loves. He's not a God who's unjust. He's not a God who's making life difficult for them. He is a God who could love them more than they know. If he came after me, after the things that I did when I walked away, he surely loves you, and he comes for you. He wants to meet all your needs in a beautiful, magnificent way, and he wants to touch you right now as we pray, whether it's dealing with shame or dealing with pain or dealing with an illness or dealing with a loss. The Lord is able to do exceedingly abundantly more because of his love for you. Touch each of them now, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. And by your Holy Spirit, may your anointing flow out to everyone. We thank you and give you the praise. Amen. Amen. Dr. Sizer, we have about a minute and a half left. If you could squeeze in that answer, uh, what, what do you feel uh, is coming with this final outpouring? I believe this outpouring is so exciting, Ryan. I think the young generation is the generation that's going to be used in a mighty way. I think they, among others, uh, in that generation who don't know the Lord, are going to come by the thousands through a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit that the world has never seen. And I see that though darkness seems to cover the earth, the glory of God will make a blinding light shine upon those that do not see. And the Spirit of God will be poured out upon all flesh. And so there is a new day coming, and it's it's, I believe this book, Power Encounters, is part of it. I believe that there are other books that are being written, but I think there are people from my generation that are being raised up to call the young people, people like yourselves and people even younger, into a place where they will take the gospel out in power, with the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think those days are just ahead of us, and we're looking forward for all to cry and bend their knee before Jesus Christ as Lord. Amen. I'm ready. Dr. Sizer's ready. The people in the studio here are ready. Sid's ready. And we say, come, Lord Jesus. And this is so exciting. You've been listening to Messianic Vision with our guest, Dr. Francis Sizer. And now here's Sid to tell you how you can get the special offer. Dr. Francis Sizer was a Catholic priest who led the largest Catholic charismatic healing meetings in the nation. He walks in great anointing and revelation in his brand new book, Power Encounters, and brand new exclusive three CD, Holy Spirit Encounters. He will teach you how to position yourself for new dimensions of Holy Spirit encounters. You'll walk in greater intimacy with the Holy Spirit and authority. Call now for Dr. Sizer's brand new book, Power Encounters, and brand new exclusive three CD set, Holy Spirit Encounters, for an investment of 35 U.S. dollars. To order, 
call 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Dr. Sizer's brand new book, Power Encounters, and brand new exclusive three CD set, Holy Spirit Encounters, offer number 9587 for an investment of 35 U.S. dollars. Be sure to ask for offer number 9587. Once again, that's offer number 9587.